0: This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Here we go again. Today's guest is Tony Peterson and... (laughs) Let me just quickly read off uh, uh, basically bullet points of what we talk about today. It's crazy. We talk about the 1980s, specifically actress Elizabeth Shue. We talk about video games. We talk about Pac-Man. We talk about, let's see, mental health and how it relates to hunting. We talk about social media and and. People who are being dipshits on social media and how that reflects the hunting, uh, the rest of the hunting uh, community, or the the view from the world of hunters. And then what we do is we pack it all into a sack, shake it up a little bit, and call it a BS session. And and ultimately that's what today's episode is. It is a BS session about everything it's not like intense hunting strategy type conversation but uh, it was a fun episode and I love these episodes I, I feel they're refreshing because it's not the same thing every single week every single episode and I am personally having fun recording episodes like this now that's what Today's episode is about, but we're gonna get into um, some uh, some quick commercials here. I'm gonna just gonna run through these brands real quick, and here in the next month or so, I'll start getting into details about um, about some of the things that are popping up from some of these brands. So Wasp Archery, excellent broadhead. If you are in the market for a broadhead, a majority of their heads are still made in America. Badass broadhead badass design broadheads that kill deer dead and uh, you know ultimately that's what you want Uh, so if you're looking for uh, an awesome broadhead made with some of the best materials available go check out wasparchery.com i do have a discount code and that is nfc I believe it's two zero NFC two zero for 20% off Excalibur crossbows. If you're looking for, uh, you know, they have a, a variety of options to choose from. Go check out Excalibur crossbow.com. Uh, company's been around for 30 years and they, you, you don't stick around that long if you put out a shitty product. So excaliburcrossbow.com. it's that time of year where we're planning our hunting, hunting trips uh, we're, we're doing a lot of scouting. You know, the vegetation is starting to grow back. So getting out and really getting into the timber and doing a, uh, doing scouting becomes a little bit more difficult. That's why we have a mobile app in HuntStand that allows us to e-scout. It allows us to leave markers, uh, places of interest. Uh, you can mark, basically, I say this every episode, you are journaling. You are journaling and documenting everything within a specific Piece of property, whether that's 10 acres or it's 200,000 acres, you can document it and you use that as a resource and a reference when you go to those properties. Uh, so if you want to find out more information about Hunt Stand, visit huntstand.com and at checkout, you can use the discount code SN20 uh, for 20% off. Vortex Optics, man, they have come out with some badass new. Um, uh, range finders, and so go check those out. Just go to vortexoptics.com, check them out. You've heard me talk a million times about how awesome Vortex is, not only the products, but the the company and their culture and their dedication to their end users and, and their customers. So go visit vortexoptics.com and take a look at those new spot uh, their uh, new range finders. And lastly, Exodus Trail Cameras. If you are looking for a a trail camera that works. I mean, that's all I want a trail camera to do is take pictures. That's why we buy trail cameras and that you can feel confident in. Go check out exodusoutdoorgear.com and I got a new partner and you guys are going to shit your pants because I have basically been peer pressured into working with these guys. And in the past, I, I may have given saddle hunters kind of a rough time, but I have been peer pressured basically from guys like Taylor Chamberlain, Mark Parker, uh, some of these other guys uh, who are big time saddle hunters to give it a try. And finally, I, I, I pretty much broke and just gave in and said, okay, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try saddle hunting. And the cool thing about this is the owners of this company, they understand that a saddle is a tool it's not like an all or nothing like you it, there's no such thing as just a saddle hunter or just a tree stand hunter i know there are guys out there that only use saddles as their tools but uh i for me there's places where i could take a saddle potentially uh and or go take a tree stand so if you look at it more of like a tool in an arsenal uh, on how you approach hunting deer uh, uh a saddle might be a good option for you so here's what I'm gonna say I will be messing around with a saddle and as I mess around with it you guys are gonna learn about it and uh, you guys are I'm gonna give you my uh, feedback from a saddle I'll I'll tell you this I've I've sat in one in my backyard for about 15-20 minutes and I know that's not a lot compared to an all-day sit it's comfortable, man. I could see, I stand up most of the time in the tree stand anyway. So having a saddle there and just leaning back and relaxing and, and things like that, I can see how guys like it. So there's a couple things that I have to teach myself and practice out of, and, and that comes with any type of new product or anything new in your life you gotta you gotta work with it practice. so I'll be shooting from a saddle all summer long and uh, trying to put myself into into a position where a, a saddle would be uh, lighter and more compact and all that stuff. So uh, I will be talking more about tethered so go check out tethered. anyway. Uh, that's it. Let's get into today's episode and first off, before we I say that, I just want to send a shout out to all of you. Huge shout out to all of you guys, man. Really appreciate the time uh, that you guys put into the Nine Finger Chronicles, man. Please go follow on Instagram. Please go comment on Instagram. Please, if you have any questions, DM me on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast if you haven't already. Go leave a five-star review if you haven't already. I appreciate you all. Now, let's get into today's episode. Three, two. One, on the phone with me today, Mr. Tony Peterson. How are we doing, man? I'm all right, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, just right off the top, right off the top, this is what I was thinking of this morning. And um, I would like to uh, get your opinion on this. And that was, I mean, she's still beautiful today, but how in her prime, Elizabeth Shue, the eighties actress was just gorgeous. Like love. Like I, that was my, I think that was like one of the girls I had a huge crush on when I was a teenager.
1: This, this went a totally different direction than I thought. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty safe to say that I've done a hell of a lot worse than Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like she
0: was it for me. Adventures in babysitting. Um, oh let's see she was in uh, a whole bu- uh, like a whole bunch of other oh karate kid why like why would yeah. I not lead with karate Kid?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. adventures in babysitting was was a special one for guys our age. yep
0: absolutely absolutely. Yeah. That, there's a little part of me that's like right as I started hitting that puberty, that puberty mark and like finding girls interesting, I'm just like I would love to be trapped in a city with Elizabeth shoe.
1: <laughs> Wasn't she in uh,
0: oh, that Nick Cage movie? Yeah, something about Las Vegas where Le- leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas, Vegas yeah. yeah, yeah. He pretty much goes there to die and uh, drink yeah, himself to, to death. Him to yeah, death? yeah. Yep, yep. That's another good movie. Uh, yeah. So I don't know why I was thinking about her, <laughs> thinking about her this morning while I was drinking my coffee, but uh, mm-hmm. I was. D- did you have a uh, like a crush back in the day like that?
1: So this is going to be a really, really weird thing, but my sister is like three years older than me, and she was really into the Corys. Remember the Corey Feldman? Oh, Corey yeah. Haynes? Yep. So I was like subjected to all of their movies, and one that really left an impression on me was License to Drive with uh, Heather Graham. Yes. When she was like 20 or whatever she was at that time. Yep. Uh, that was a That was a special thing for this guy.
0: Yeah memories, right? Yeah. Memories. Yeah. And and now just like, you know, just like the rest of us, they all age, right? And uh I don't know. It's uh I don't know. I don't know why I've been I've been nostalgic lately. Like, um, uh, one of the Netflix series that I've been watching is like, you know, things that were awesome in the 80s or the early 90s and things like that. And, and so, you know, like all the Nintendo games that I used to play when I was a kid and the Sega Genesis and, and you know, the, the video game era of the 80s and 90s and, and how I was a part of that. Um, did you, were you a uh, a video game nerd too?
1: You know, I mean, obviously we all played like Nintendo and stuff, but I've never been like a huge video game guy, you know, even, even at that age, like, yeah, you know, I mean, we played Super Mario Brothers and Zelda and all that shit, but I never was like, you know, I, I just, this is so random, but I just heard a story about a guy I know who just became the 11th person in the world to get a perfect score on Pac-Man. Oh, really? Yeah, which is uh, so. Anyway, I read this article about this guy, and to get a perfect score on Pac Man, you have to beat all 256 levels and eat every ghost and every fruit and every everything. You have to do it perfectly, literally for 256 levels, and it's like a five and a half hour game. And this dude, <laughs> I know, you know, loosely through work, yeah, uh, just just did that. And I'm like, man, you're like, I don't know, he's probably like upper 40s, maybe 50. And I'm like, how many hours have you dumped into freaking Pac-Man to get, like that's such a bizarre world for me. Right, right. And and it's like that one guy who's
0: like, hey, I've eaten a Big Mac every day for 1,000 days or (laughs) whatever, right? Like at some point, if I was to, Go tell my wife's friends, like, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I hold one of the records for uh, Pac-Man, and I'm 41 years old. They just, oh, I am not impressed with that. If you were maybe 20 or 18, wow, that's awesome. Congratulations, dude. But I'm 40. I'm 41.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah, it's an odd one, man. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. Um, Let's try to slowly steer the ship towards... Uh, hunting I guess and it was it, it's that time of year for me when I'm looking at the calendars I'm looking at you know hey what's the what's going on this fall what's going on this summer when am I going to start getting all the you know planning and all that stuff for the out of state trips and in the rut here in Iowa and things like that and he, he at some point I got to start talking to my wife about it right and so huh. I can see As I'm planning this, her starting to think and her starting to like, oh, here we go again, you know, type of, type of scenario. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what kind of advice or how do you communicate with your wife about the plans that you're going to take and be gone during the hunting season? How, what's that conversation look like for you?
1: Uh, It looks like, well, I'm, I'm getting smarter. So it starts earlier Yeah. and it's actually, well, I'll tell you what I did before when I was the freelancer and I'll tell you what I'm going to do now, now that I'm with meat eater. Yeah. When I was a freelancer, you know, you get, you know, there's no steady paychecks, right? Right. You get, do work, you get paid. And some of my checks, I would just cash and take as cash and I would put, throw it in the drawer, my bedside drawer. And then I would start telling my wife, you know, I'm thinking, you know, South Dakota, North Dakota, Colorado, maybe a little bit into some other state or something. I'd start kind of like, you know, throwing some seeds out there, (laughs) like see what they're going to grow into. Yep. Then when summer would get, you know, get really rolling and you, you draw some tags or kind of just like get your schedule solidified. Then at some point. I'd start, you know, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm going here, I'm going there. And then I know for a fact, no matter what, even though it's my job and I got to go do this stuff, she's going to get pissed at me through the fall. And so I always had that hedge of having some cash in the drawer. And on some trip where I knew it was going to start to blow up because I've been gone a lot, I just, like, leave that on her pillow when I left. And I know, dude, it sounds so dumb. It's straight up bribe. Absolutely. She's a corrupt politician and (laughs) I'm just, because here's the deal, dude. Listen, if somebody gives you like a grand out of the blue, right? just like, you're not going to, it's like hard to be mad at them, right? Yeah. You know, like it, it just softens the blow. And so that was my strategy previously. Now I'm just like, I don't know. I'm trying to get all the planning out of the way right away. So I just have this framework and just can be like, listen, this week, that week, this week, I'm going to be gone and, you know, just, just get it out way ahead of time. So it's not this stressful, yeah. Oh, maybe here, maybe there kind of thing. And so that's kind of my, you know, it's kind of what I'm doing now, but I know, I know this fall, just even given the filming schedule I have, there's going to be a major blow up at some point and I'm going to have to, I'm gonna to have to figure out how to deal with that,
0: but. How's that different now? Like you're, you're, you're meat eater now. So is there a, I mean, can you use that as an excuse? Can, I mean, you're, you're getting that steady paycheck. You're all that stuff. Like how, what's the bribe? Is the bribe going to be less because you have more of an excuse to be gone?
1: Yeah. She's not getting bribed now. (laughs) That's Uh, over. Yeah.
0: That's funny. I just see her turning into like, probably like my wife would like a mob boss. And they're like, hey, we don't care what you did, decided to do. The money still comes to us. That's what you owe us. We don't care.
1: That You know, that's a good point. I mean, yeah. I, that's probably what I'll deal with. But, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a weird situation. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've I've got, you know, just like you, i got a bunch of buddies who, you know, love to hunt. But, you know, they get their one trip a year. And it really it really matters how you leave your home situation. Yeah. When you go, if you don't leave it in a good state, you're not going to have a good trip. Yeah. Like it just, it just does not work.
0: Yeah. So I want to run an idea by you and I want you to tell me if this is a horrible idea or a good idea. All right. So you mentioned that you leave a, you leave some money on the pillow for your wife, you know, bribing her off. Do you think it would be better to do the the bribes like that periodically or make one big purchase and then use that as an excuse for all year like listen i just did this this year for you or cuz straight up i'm i'm considering buying my wife a new vehicle well, that's a big one that's a big one uh, are you in trouble no i'm not in trouble but you anticipate you will be? Well, I mean, with my wife, who knows if I'm in trouble or not. And I say that with all due respect to her, but there's days where I don't even know. Let me just say this. Um, let me. See. I'm just going to be real honest here. Uh, the other day, uh, my wife had a dream, a dream about something I did in a dream and was mad at me all day long because of a dream she had. So... I don't know what is going on in her head. And and the other day she was mad at a bathroom our bathroom in the house. She was mad at a bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand that. Like if I woke up and someone killed my brother in a dream, I wouldn't be like, Hey buddy, you're going down. Like I don't, it's a dream. Like, so, yeah. so when it comes to yeah. her emotional state, I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Turns out marriage is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's It just. Is. I mean, dude, uh, that's that's what makes me think when, you know, I'm sure you've seen this, but if you say something on a podcast that, you know, like a really loyal listener is like, "Oh, I disagree with that." Yeah. Like some of them will send you a DM or something and be like, "Man, I really liked you until you said this." Yeah. And now I'm not so sure. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like yeah. the people we choose to make little people with and live in our lives every day we disagree with constantly." Every day. And now you're mad at some dipshit who talks about deer hunting on a podcast,
0: right? Like, right, crazy, right? And so, and so, like, we've been married ten years, okay? So we just had our tenth anniversary, and so I am. Uh, we've made it this far, and we haven't committed homicides on each other, uh, and and that's a win for me. Like, I, I don't know, like you make it this far, you, your kids are. They have clean clothes every day. Um, we have food in the fridge. This this house gets paid for. That's a win. And yeah. so when when my my uh, my approach to when we start getting into these little emotional uh, tiffs, I will say, is have you ever seen that Homer Simpson meme where he slowly walks backwards into the bush to disappear, yeah. he melts that, right in the exactly. Robbery. That is my reaction to when she starts getting mad is just, I slowly disappear away from her and then she gets, she doesn't know where to direct that anger. And so it kind of just, it fades out.
1: (laughs) That is a lot better approach than I take.
0: And is that to start arguing?
1: Dude, I love fighting. I can't help.
0: I love, I I love seeing the face when you, you provide a logical and reasonable, um, Outcome to their problem, and all they want is some kind of emotional response. Um, and, and then the face they have <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, Dude. so Tony Peterson, he works in the outdoor industry. If Tony Peterson, first question, Tony, if you were not a outdoor in the outdoor industry, writer, content provider, who you are now, what do you think you'd be doing?
1: Uh, writing something, man. Writing. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, the, the, the content creation side of things in the outdoor industry is so different than it used to be. And I got into it to be a writer Yeah. and it was real good for a while. And, you know, things change and I just miss, I, you know, I, I'm okay having to do this other stuff mostly, Yeah. but I missed writing. And I think I would have just found some way to do it, some, to write about something. It, it would have been whatever I was passionate about. I would have tried to find a way to eke out a living writing about it.
0: Okay. All right. So that's different than what I would say. I would say I would probably be in the same job or a similar job in a cubicle or on a factory line or hell. I might even be riding on the back of a a garbage truck. Who knows? But I wouldn't have the freedom of doing what I'm doing right now. Right. I I don't know what I would be doing, but it wouldn't be this. Like for some reason, this path laid right in front of me and I I decided to, it, it was made for me and in a way kind of built for me up to a certain point. But, I don't know if I'd be doing the same thing. So for me, if I was back at the cubicle life, dude, there's no way for me, I'm, my wife would be cool with me leaving for four weeks a year and then maybe the trips to some of the trade shows and and some of the other uh, conservation things that I, I go to every year right? Because I have PTO and only a certain amount of PTO goes to hunting and then certain amount of PTO needs to go to the family and things like that. So do you think strictly because you're in the quote unquote industry that you get to hunt as much as you do?
1: I mean, it certainly helps. Yeah. Right. You know, but I, I always, I set a precedent early, uh, just because of the way I am, like I I was always going to go do this stuff somehow, you know, not, not to this level. Like, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm a lucky dude, right? Like I've, I've got to go do a lot of really cool things and I get to plan multiple states every year. It's, you know, be partially because of the job and partially just who I am. And I don't know. It's, it's cool, but yeah, yeah, so I would, I would have tried to figure out a way I would have always been doing some, but probably not to this level. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So, yeah, same. I mean, the, this is the only reason why. Because I, I can I can straight up use the excuse, I have to go make content, or I, I, I'm i going to go do this because of my job, and it works. Right? It works. Yeah. So, um, now, before we started recording, you mentioned something about, What what did you say? Like mental... Mentally drained. Uh, <laughs>
1: what well, there? yeah, what, what we wanted to, or what I wanted to talk about. I'm like, we should probably talk about mental health,
0: mental health. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so first off, I should I should ask you this before uh, we get into it. Are you OK? Like, do you need help?
1: I'm I'm fine.
0: You're fine. OK. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about mental health for then?
1: Dude so wild i was i was thinking about this actually when i knew we were going to do this because you know talking to buddies and you know going to the gym and talking to people like a random random people yeah everybody's like bummed man yeah and and you know i i was what i was thinking about with this i'm like we always go into podcasts and we just present this freaking you know muppet kind of lifestyle where we're all just happy all the time and like oh it's amazing to be in the industry and it's amazing to get to hunt and blah 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 and down the line and then you go out and talk to people you're like man we're all kind of in the same boat yeah like this the winter sucked this spring has been a just a kick to the dick the whole time yep and it's just uh, people are just bummed man and it's like you know we never we never talk about that and we always kind of you know assume that that you know our passion for you know bow hunting deer or whatever you have in your life is this hedge against this you know being depressed or you know slipping in and out of these cycles and it you know you get into the wrong time of year it doesn't work yeah yeah you know, like i mean it's just it's hard to like you know be happy today because you might be hunting deer in on november 5th you know
0: <laughs> right I mean, it
1: just right dude and i was talking to mark about
0: that a little bit um when we recorded uh this was this would have been last week it was this when when we recorded earlier last week uh, and then last week when this, when this episode comes out, it will be last week. But anyway, he was talking to me. He's like, dude, I go so hard during the, the, the hunting season that I need like something that's opposite of that to keep me focused during the off seasons, right? The off season hunting. And that's for him, it's fly fishing, right? He loves to, he loves to go do the fly fishing thing. And for me, I've really found enjoyment creating my business and running the business, the the sportsman's empire, sportsman's nation. Uh, there's going to be a name change coming up, but uh, the, uh, the, the network here and doing the content on the nine finger Chronicle side of things. So that's what kind of keeps me like this keeps me in it all year round. You know what I mean? The, the being the content creator and, and managing the network and things like that. Do you have an, an opposite force that keeps you, I guess, mentally well during the off
1: season. Well, two things, dude. You're so lucky to have that. Yeah. Have your business do that for you. Yeah. Because that's that's a, that's pretty rare, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, you know, Mark's got his fly fishing. I do fish a lot, and I, I. It's been a long time since I turned fishing into any kind of real business type of thing for me. Yeah. So. I definitely default to fishing whenever I can and it's, it helps. But for me, I mean, when you, you know, when you look at like a Minnesota winter, it's going to the gym. And I know, I know people don't want to hear that, but man, if I don't go and I, when I start to get really depressed, I go two times a day in the winter yeah, and do, you know, I'll do one hard lifting session I'll do one running session. And man, it's like, it's it's an amazing like I wish everybody who doesn't have that and maybe needs it could feel it. Right. You know, because it's like I, so much of what I think we have going on partially is we sit here and, you know, we just consume horrible news all the time. Yeah. The, you know, the worst of humanity is fed straight to our freaking eyeballs every day and we and we choose it, you know, and then maybe you don't really like your job or maybe whatever, you know, you're dealing with a spouse who's not feeling that great. And then you're like, man, all day long, I didn't do anything for myself. Yeah, like I didn't do anything that made me feel better. Like you, you're getting a sense of accomplishment out of building this empire you've got here, and that's that's probably doing really good things for you. Yeah. Oh, like if you don't have something like that, and it for me, it was it's just go work out at the at the very least, even if I hate it, which a lot of times I do. Like by the end of it, I'm like, I, it makes me feel better. Right. Just, it, it's you know like maybe it doesn't get you back to even. But it's it certainly keeps the you know the troughs don't get as deep, right? And I think I think finding stuff like that that's a year-round thing, yeah. You know, because a lot of people have their identity tied up, and they oh man, I love to golf, or you know something like that. And it's like okay, well, how about the other seven months a year? Yeah. You know, yeah. like what what are you doing in January? That you know that gives you the same kind of mental boost. Yeah, I'll tell you this right now,
0: um, the reason why I. I find enjoyment building my business is because of the I have a clear mind when I'm working on my business but I am like you where I I have found the necessity of working out um, I've, I've I'm part of a fitness program and it's like uh, I'll, I'll just put it to you this way Monday in one hour I burnt one over 1,000 calories in this workout And so it's intense and it is, it is one of those workouts, just kind of like when you go shoot your bow, it clears your mind. This is a, a forced flush of anything, any stress, it flushes all of that out of your body and you're so exhausted afterwards. It's just a purge of all the negative, whether it is you know, hey, a fuck ton of salt or, you know, like a bad diet. It flushes that out. It flushes the 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 negative energy and you're almost left in this exhausted void that you're able to build off of a, a more positive uh, point of view, a more positive energy, more positive everything comes out of it. And that's what has led to me so like I I am 100% saying that the the physical activity that I do every week is the foundation of the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, me too. Totally. Yeah. Totally same page. And it I think the 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 point you made there about just kind of like leaving it and going like, you know, you feel you feel so different, so kind of I I don't know, used up is a wrong word because that's or, you know wrong phrase. That sounds bad, but you don't have the energy left to be angry at shit that doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's important, and I, I think you know maybe we should talk about deer hunting a little bit. But it it really when, when you get into that cycle, you also start to just realize sort of what you have to do with other stuff in your life to enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I think. You know, I, I'm sure you've gone through this, and I have with deer hunting where, you know, surface level, if somebody's like, hey, man, what do you live for? You know, that's top three probably, right? Yeah. Like, it's that's an answer that comes quick. Like, I love to freaking hunt deer, to just just love it. But there's so many times when you go do it where you don't love it yeah. or it doesn't give you what you need because you're trying to do something you don't really want to do or you kind of sandbagged it and you sat the same stand, you didn't really, you know, you don't have that much faith in, or, you know, even, you know, like we talked about earlier, if you left the house, you know, pissed at your wife or she's pissed at you or something, even if it's just an evening sit, things are, it's, it's not it's not going to get you there yeah. the way you need it to. And yeah. I, I just think when you get into the cycle of working out, you sort of understand how to navigate those things better so you can just kind of wring the most out of them that's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell
0: you this, man, this October, uh, and September and October when my son was playing football, man, I didn't, my son was playing football. My daughter had dance classes. My other son was in uh, a program and I wasn't even thinking about hunting, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of it has, has to do with when I go out and I do this physical activity, um, it makes my my decision making more efficient and not not only well first off I want to be I wanted to be at the football game or the dance recital or yes. my son my other son playing soccer like I wanted to be there and and hunting became secondary until until hunting becomes not secondary. Like, you know what I mean? Like I I put the priority of the family This is just me. Anyway, I put the priority of the family first, get that all, all out of the way. And then when it's time to go out and hunt hard, then I can say to myself, man, you, you did it. You've, you've, you've uh, put in your points. You've built the brownie points. You've done what you need to do. Now go out and grind. And, and it helps like, it just, I don't know. It helps in absolutely every aspect of my life and it allows me this, this is another big thing. And for me, it's when I work out real hard and then I go home and I'm like, Oh dude, I want to crush this bag of mini snicker bars. <laughs> right. That's, you know, cause I got, dude, we have so much junk food in our house from Easter and all, you know, just having kids that I, I, I don't want to eat that shit anymore. And I eat healthier. Cause I, I know that, Hey man, it, like, I don't know. I, I could go off on on a million different avenues from this exact point, but all it does like it's so it like it turns us a, a rainy day into a sunshiny day mentally for me. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, man, it's important. Yeah. I mean, it just it really is. And you know when you're talking about you know, not being in a tree stand, but being at your son's game or your your daughter's recital or whatever, you're just you're just at a place where you're just figuring out like how to balance this stuff. Yeah. And you know, like it's, if, it, I don't know, it feels good to go do that stuff. Cause you, Hey, you want to do it. It makes you realize, you know, when you have kids, you're like, wow, you know, poking young bucks aren't that important. Yeah. You know, they just aren't. And you, know, you go through the dipshit stage earlier in your life where you're like, that's everything. Yeah. I want to kill big bucks. I want to catch big fish. And then you have some kids and you're like, okay, that stuff's still really important, but it's not important for, you know, inches of antler. It's important for me to be out there and enjoy it. Right. That's fact. You know, like, it's important for you to get out there and get something out of it. And I, I really think, you, you know how this is, man. Like, people are always like, hey, what's the best scent? What's the best decoy? Like, here's my, here's a, you know, screenshot of my ground. Where should I sit? Like, they're always looking for, like, what's the, what's the quickest route to killing something yeah and i'm like you're looking at this wrong you got to look at this like how how can i go have the most enjoyment out of this because that's going to help you kill more deer right like it's going to if you if you're really feeling good like if you're if if you're enjoying it and you know you can go immerse yourself in that experience when you get the chance and you're not bringing a lot of extra baggage with you you'll kill more deer you'll hunt better i mean I tell people, people ask me all the time, what should I buy? Like what should I buy to be a better hunter? And I'm like, a gym membership and running shoes. Yeah. And they hate it. They yeah. hate it. But really like when you take care of yourself, like you like you mentioned, you start making better decisions. You're you're just you're just operating on a different wavelength that's gonna help you have more fun in the woods and that is directly correlated to get more encounters and enjoying it more and getting back out there and, you know, hunting conditions that you maybe wouldn't hunt previously and just like, just doing it the way you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, like the, on a on kind of a side conversation here, we talk about, um we talk about the physical, uh, the physical health, but like I've realized in the past i don't know five years 10 years maybe maybe it's even been 10 years i don't know but over that period of time i've realized that everything is a long game there's it's like deer hunting isn't a short game uh anymore yeah. it's a long game and it's and especially when it comes to learning so for me i get this uh this uh dm through instagram and this guy's like hey man i've really been struggling um with, you know, locating a mature buck and, uh, doing, you know, getting one on the ground and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, well, Hey man, uh, you know, I'm, I'm asking him these questions and he doesn't seem to understand what I'm getting at. And so I finally asked him, how long have you been bow hunting? And he said, three years. And I just laughed because I'm, I, I'm just like, dude, you're looking at this all wrong, right? Yep. There's no, you can't go into a life expecting something instantly anymore. And so it took me, okay, so let me count here. 2006, 7, 8, 9, let me back up. 16, I'll do it the other way. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Uh, Yeah, 21. So that's six years in a row I've killed a mature buck, okay? And so before that, it was just it wasn't consistent. I was doing a lot of things wrong. So from 2006, when I made the decision to really start going into hunting and, and, and making it a priority in my life and, and being serious about it, I wanted those instant results. And and they did not come in, yep. in the first shit, even 10 years. It took 10 years to get to that point. So yep. I don't know, man. Like the long game and even – so everything – Physical fitness is a long game. Understanding deer behavior is a long game. Building this business is a long game. And so like when, when this guy, I just go, you know, dude, you need to chill and just enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're like twelve forkies and two and a half year olds away from being <laughs> from being there. Yeah. I mean, but it here this is this is one thing that's always made me really uneasy about my job and what we do in the industry is part of the reason that that guy is in that space is because we've presented this in you know, a very sanitized easy looking version of something that's very difficult. Yeah. And so he's looking at this going, man there's an awful lot of people killing big bucks and I'm not. Yeah. And it's dude, you don't if if you look at it that way, you're not really paying attention to what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think a, a great example would be like you know, getting into uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? Like, you're not going to shortcut that process. You are going to go get your ass kicked for years and years to work your way up through the belts. Like, there's no way around it. But you could just, you know, throw on the TV and watch some fights happen and somebody dominate or something. Or, you know, what would be a more appropriate, like, analogy to whitetail hunting would be if some rich dude's Went out and wanted to be MMA stars, so they bought their way in and fought guys with one arm and one leg, or <laughs> who were, you know, injected with heavy, you know, horse sedatives before they had to fight, or you know, whatever tomato can right. guy you want to throw at them. And all of a sudden, you are like, "Geez, this guy's forty-seven and zero, and he never even gets punched." Like, and yeah. yeah, he bought that success. Yeah, he was he was given that somehow. Yeah. And the hunting industry, you know, I. I even feel bad, like, you know, when I, when I made the push to be a public land guy, because I was like, this is kind of just what the industry seems like it wants, or, you know, the, the market did anyway, I still had so many advantages. You know what I mean? Like, when, when you're not buying a bow, and you have lots of time, and, you know, like, it's part of your job, you have, even if you go out and hunt the same land as somebody else, which is what I was doing, I still came to the table with a lot of advantages that people don't have. And so, you know, people are out there looking and they're like, oh, the hunting public or, you know, Peterson or Andy May or something. Those guys are out there killing bucks on public land. That's true. But the advantages that that we have are different than a lot of people. And so even that, even this like public land movement that appears, you know, pretty even with everyone across the board, it's really not. And so even that's like a dangerous representation of hunting because it's disingenuous to some degree.
0: Elaborate on that.
1: Well, let, let me put it this way. When I started, when I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a freelancer and I'm going to kill big bucks on public land. I had no kids. I had lots of free hunting gear because I was the, the equipment editor for Bowhunter. So I wasn't buying gear, right? I, I, whatever, whatever I needed, right. I pretty much got. That's a huge advantage. Huge. And then, because I didn't have kids and I was a freelance writer... I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go for 10 days and stay till I fill my tag. Like how many people can do that? Right. You know, or how many people can sit there in their day-to-day life and devote a couple hours to e-scouting, you know, like people are busy, they, you know, so there's, there's so many advantages right there. And you look at some of these, you know, these YouTube series on public land hunting and these guys who are out there killing a bunch. And It's like. I don't know, man. Like, can you imagine going someplace and having five or six other people spotting for you? Yeah, you know, like that's an enormous advantage. It's it's, it's for some hunts, right? Like, you go out west and you got a you know six extra pairs of eyeballs looking for an animal for you. That's a huge advantage, you know. Like, and and you're getting paid to be there. And so it's, you know, I think one of the things I've I always have like felt guilty about is not expressing that enough. Like, please understand that even even when you're getting, like, the stuff you really like, it's still filtered through a whole bunch of advantages that you might not have. And so, like, and, and I don't say that to, like, knock on anybody or anything like that. I just think we should be really honest about it.
0: Yeah. Dude, I don't – you know, I'm just going to – I'll say it this, I've, and I've said it before. Like, dude, I, I'm starting to not give a fuck anymore about – a whole bunch of different things. And this whole social media in the hunting industry is one of them. Like the only reason I'm on social media is for pure business. I guess you could say like, I need it to, you know, obviously it helps spread a message and the message that I feel is worth spreading. But man, there like, just looking into it a little bit, like just looking past the Instagram picture, like a lot of what probably even me included, a lot of what you see is not. I'm not going to say it's a lie, but it's just not the whole truth, if that makes sense. And I I just hate it. And if I find myself getting sick of it.
1: Yeah. Well, we're, we're in a place where that's the, you know, that's the preeminent freaking medium, right? right? That, that's where everybody sees the content or, you know, sees, sees what the industry wants them to see. Yeah. But it's not, this is not a new thing. Like no. when I, when I got into the industry and I was just a magazine writer, that's what I did. The company that I work for owned a sportsman's channel. And so I got to, you know, I got to help produce some TV shows and, and, be a part of that and and catch the final chapter of the magazine you know peak right or right. whatever it's this it was the same shit then it's just more gratuitous and easier now to to get that you know kind of bullshit polished you know representation of what this stuff is it was happening in magazines you know it was it was happening with outdoor television in the early days. It's happening with outdoor television. Now it's very prevalent on social media and it's, it's just a bummer, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a bummer because we really, you know, like I, th- I think we really have an opportunity to just like present the reality of hunting. Like it's, it's actually better if people understand truly how hard this should be. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually better if they understand, like, listen, listen, it's okay if you want to go shoot a little buck. Like it's okay if you want to go just hunt for yourself and you really should be doing that. Yeah. And it's, a, it's like a hard thing to navigate for new boners. I mean, I know you know that dude you were talking about that sent you the DM. That's so common. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, it's really unfortunate because that's not what this should be about. Yeah. Like this, this should really be something that people can use to, to enjoy and like, really enhance their life in different ways like getting the meat getting the experience getting away from your screens like you know the challenge like the like the long game challenge you were talking about all that stuff is available with just this stupid thing that we do hunting deer yeah but we we always have this tendency to bring a bunch of ego bullshit into it and just turn it into something just different
0: yeah And, and going back to your MMA reference dude it is it is easy to position yourself and get instant success if you have the money and time for it you know a lot of people are like dude what do you think kills big bucks and i and and so i the the i always try to leave the cynical asshole part of me aside and and because usually if that guy was talking to be like money like you give <laughs> me you give me you give me a large amount of money i go buy a farm i let's just say in iowa where i hunt I kick out all the guys who are currently hunting it. I turn it. I, I do the habitat work on it. And this is all, this is all hard and it's, in it's in a way long game, but I I have the money to do this and I plant some food plots. I take all the livestock out of it and I turn it into this deer Mecca. A lot of guys will be like, Oh you no, 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 no. You can't do that. I mean, you wouldn't be able to do that in just a year. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> one year, in that, in that uh, you know, let's just say one year of passing small deer, letting them get to the five, six, I, I would have a whole new caliber of deer on that farm. There would be no pressure on that farm, just like what they're seeing. So that's the asshole side of me saying money can buy big bucks, period. I, I, yep. I strongly believe that. Now, what makes other people successful is time. Right. So, and you can look at time in two ways. You can look at time as in years, like what me and you have uh, accumulated over our X number of years of bow hunting or time away in a single year. Right. Like, Hey man, I am going to leave my kids for 200 days, or I'm going to leave my family for X amount of days. And I'm going to do what you were talking about. And that was like, I'm going to hunt until I do it, or I'm going to, I'm going to, Again, money or something to trade, an outfitter, and, and I know this sounds to this sounds like I'm being a hater at, at this point, and maybe I am, but you can jump the line in this industry if you play the game that everybody else has been playing, and you you go to outfitters and you go and get guides and you go and do this. So to me, that becomes less of a reality of hunting and more of entertainment. And I think that the hunting industry and the hunting actually community are two black and white, different groups of people. Definitely. So yeah. that's, that's my rant where I just black out for a little bit and bitch. Your
1: Will Ferrell. Rant. Yeah. <laughs> right,
0: right. I get one of those in episode.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. It, and I, man, I totally agree. And I, I think that, you know, I mean there, there's crossover right between those two like it's not it's not totally black and white the industry and you know non-industry hunters yeah there's there's some crossover there but it, it really is just something like it, it, I don't know it's so it's so hard to get the message across like you talked about them I think the people largely understand the money thing you know like I mean I yeah. think it's pretty obvious you can buy your way into big critters yeah I think What gets a little, I think what has been a problem with that is it's easy to look at somebody who has a shit ton of money and has bought that farm and go, of course, you're going to kill big bucks. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, that's cool. You do you. But there's also a whole bunch of people in the industry like me who, just because of who I've been associated with, who I've worked for, has gotten, you know, lots of offers to go do, you know, crazy easy hunts. Yeah, And some people, you know, really take advantage of that and really kind of downplay what those opportunities mean. Yeah. And so you you can look at that and go, you know, this person, you know, does not appear to be that kind of hunting one percenter who owns the the ability to just buy deer whatever. Yeah. But they're like a way level down, but they're still given opportunities that are, you know, just not what the average person is going to get, you know. Like you, yeah. you could be given a hunt that's four, five, six, seven thousand dollars, and you pay nothing. You don't even book your own flights or whatever. And somebody, not in the industry, who's going to go do that hunt—that's a big outlay, man. Like that's a big ask, you know. That's a week at freaking Disney World with your family. Like that's that's not nothing. And you can see that person and they may be presenting the image that they're really getting after it and they're doing this so hard and they struggled so hard but it's could be total bullshit. Yeah. And that's thrown into the mix too. And those people are like kind of a conduit, you know, from the from the non-hunting crowd to the hunting industry and that that kind of stuff I I almost get I almost feel way worse about that than somebody who's just flat out like I, I got a lot of privileges here.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to do top end ranches and I'm going to go buy. you know, like, it, just as an example, and this is going to get me into trouble, I'm going to say it anyway. You There might be, like, a really popular western hunter out there who's known as being a, you know, or at least started out as a public land badass and now kills, you know, 380-inch bulls consistently, you know, multiple... Once in a lifetime bulls every fall, but if you look at the price tag on those bulls in in just September, yeah. you'd be talking, you know, maybe two hundred thousand dollars, maybe one hundred fifty thousand dollars, like that. And 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 I don't want to say like don't do that. Like if you earned it, man, like go do that. If you, if that's what blows the wind up your skirt, I'm all for that. I love yeah. freedom, right? But please don't present that that's something hard. Yeah, don't
0: present that Colorado general over the counter tag in a
1: you know in an over yeah. over the counter unit. Yeah, when you're on the cross ranch and it's a, you know, yeah, thousand dollar lease to start with or whatever. But yeah, listen, I don't want to get bitter about that, but, <laughs> I, but it really that's the stuff that makes because I because I know we could we could do better than that. Yeah, you know, like I I know that we could we could present a, a clearer image of this stuff. And I just, that, that kind of like subterfuge, I just, that drives me freaking crazy.
0: Yeah. Yep. Oh man. That, I mean, it's the truth though. And uh, sometimes the truth sucks and, you know, I could be labeled a hater, but whether I'm a hater or not, uh, I'm going to still do the same exact thing that I do every day. And that's wake up, drink some coffee, get my kids ready for school, take a dump, come up here, work on my business, go downstairs Eat my lunch, do some more work, go to the gym, come home, be a dad, do dad activities, and uh, and then go to sleep at night and not think about anybody at all, <laughs> any of those people yeah. at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, listen, I I really want to say this because I mean it. I like those people. Yeah, I've I've met very very few people in the hunting industry who I don't like. Like they're yeah. genuinely uh, almost to a T. Like good people, but that part has always bothered me. Yeah. And it, you know, I I think it's partially it, what it makes me feel like is, you know, I'm an alcoholic, right? Like I, I can see functional alcoholism from a long ways away, Yeah, but we accept it in society. Pretty like not, we would never accept like heroin or fentanyl addiction the same way. You you know what I mean? And obviously they're, they're a different thing. But they're they're in the same like playground, man. Like they're they're not they're not as far apart as society makes it seem. But there's so many people who are into that that it's like we kind of accept it in society. We're like, well, one addiction is okay because it's like a fun one, and we have it at football games and everywhere, and it's like very very accepted. You know, one of them is kind of this seedy thing that we only think of people who are really down and out doing. But man. Like, you kind of feel the same way about some of this hunting stuff where, like, you get into the hunting industry and it's like, this is a, a very accepted thing to present yourself this way and to try to be a badass all the time and be like, I'm I'm the best at this and, man, I've been working my ass off. Because it's kind of like the social media thing. Like, everybody's doing it, but it's wrong. Yeah, That's a wrong message, you yeah. know? And I'm not saying, you know, like with, with the drinking thing, like, man, there's a lot of people who are really responsible with it and it can have a wonderful time with it. Like, yeah. that's great. That's great. But we still accept this like dark side of it just because it's like, ah, it's just a thing that everybody does. Yeah. And in the industry, everybody's taking those opportunities and everybody's got the freaking bows showing up at their doorstep and everybody has these, you know, like these opportunities that are just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. and we're just, and it's like that sort of well we're all we're all in this together so let's all just keep going the same direction and i'm like man we shouldn't be doing that
0: no i agree 100% now let me ask you this so over the past i'm going to say 3 years there are some popular people who have been charged and i don't mean like this is some some type of little bitty legal thing there was enough evidence in a case to charge some of these bigger names with some kind of poaching or um, baiting or breaking a, uh, you know, a, a law when it comes to hunting, right? So uh, wanton, wanton waste and things like that. Do you think that some of these people should be called out in the industry and being like, dude, you are setting a, a really bad example. You need to leave because we don't want you here anymore or is this where we're at where a guy can you know a guy with a big enough following can get busted for poaching not necessarily convicted of it because his legal team's really good but it goes away and he still gets to do what he gets to do but remember he was charged or they they were charged for a crime
1: I think I think that the punishment for a lot of this stuff is too light. Yeah, I just I just do. And I, I don't think I know it's really a popular thing to to bring up the the industry people who've been busted. Yeah, I don't think in my experience that it's any more endemic in the in the hunting industry than it is in just hunters. Right. Like, dude, when I talk, when I go to a do a seminar somewhere, like half the stories people tell me and people, you know, people tell you stories all the time there's like always a, just an admitted element of breaking the law somehow. And you know, it. it, it kind of reminds me of like the non-resident resident argument, right? Like a lot of these States, it's like, Oh, the, the non-residents, they're the ones who always blow all the deer out or always shoot from the road or they don't know how to hunt. But then you go travel to all these States and you're like, no, there's just like a certain percentage of dipshits in hunting. And it yeah. doesn't, they live, they live everywhere. They're not like concentrated in one state or another. Like when you go out and expose yourself to them, they're, that element is everywhere and the same thing happens with people who break the law i know you know i i know you can make the argument that industry people have a motivation to do it you know because of their pocketbook right but that's not what that's not why they're doing it it's an ego thing yeah like this is you know if you're if you're going to go out there and you're going to go break a bunch of laws to kill a freaking rabbit with antlers your it, it's a narcissism thing it's yeah. a self impact Thing. And it—that's no different than the motivation for some dude who, you know, works at the gas station or is a cubicle monkey at IBM or whatever. Like, if he's going out and, you know, baiting deer where he shouldn't be or whatever, it's the same thing. It's an ego-driven decision. Yeah, people in it. Yeah. So I—I I think just generally, I on agree. History, history, we have, we we should have more strict punishment for this stuff. And it really sucks that. You know, some, some of these people who are like habitual offenders, mm-hmm. they get caught and they get caught and they get caught and they keep getting away with, you know, not losing their hunting licenses or, you know, no real repercussions for that because the court system in a lot of places does not give a shit about wildlife violations. Right. And it's, it's unfortunate. You know, I've, I've got a good buddy who's a conservation officer and that's one of the hardest things about his job is you know he'll put in years of investigation on somebody who's just a, a habitual piece of shit out there and you know build a real case like years of paperwork and observation and all the little tricks they do and then get a judge who's like i don't care that you shot deer over corn pile or something yeah so it becomes i that's just rough i i wish you know i wish there were like a a higher standard of punitive actions against this stuff. So it would be less common. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, And that's kind of the, like, so when something like this happens, right, I agree. If Joe blowed at the end of the street, poaches a deer, I think it should be a bigger punishment than what it currently is or, you know, baits in a deer or whatever the law is. I think, you know, rules are rules. So in order for, you know, especially if you're habitual, maybe first time, okay, we get it, blah, 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 slap on the wrist. Second time you're done. You are done. You're never going to touch another hunting license in this state ever again. Right. So that's, that's how strict I am. But what I'm kind of getting at is we have people with these gigantic platforms, who are charged with these crimes and they they just go on as business as usual. Uh, and and even, yeah. even the companies, you know, and some of these, some of these, one of these examples, I reached out to one of the companies and I said, hey man, given the recent charges against this guy, I mean, are you going to continue to work with them? And they're like, well, we have spoken with this person and they said that they didn't do it. And that was, that, but that's good enough for them. And so- <laughs> And so I'm just like, so now we have the actual industry in a way, not supporting it, but not defending it either. And so that's where I get frustrated. It's like these people need to be clipped from the tree and they need to go away. And there's only one way to do that, especially if they have deep pockets and that's to call them out and just like you need to talk about this because. You know, especially if they're habitual, like some of these people have been in in the past. And that is what frustrates me is because they have a platform to that's supposed to talk in a positive light about hunting and they're not doing it themselves. And so, and and they're in too deep, you know, like their life would be ruined, I guess, or or they would have to go find a different job if they lost their sponsorships and if they lost the money that they were making from the industry and appearances and all that shit. So... I don't know, man. Like, I get I get really frustrated in seeing that, especially the 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 one case that I was following. It was just charged with the crime. Uh, the The court case got delayed, 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 moved back, moved back, whatever, and then disappeared. And all it and then called the yep. called the courthouse, and I said. What's up with this one? Oh, it's been closed and sealed. That's it. That's, and that's the end of it. And so I'm just like, what? Like, that's it? That's that's how this goes now? And so whatever, I guess. I mean, that's, that's, that's what's going on. I mean, that, there, that's another rant. Uh, basically, what I'm getting at is I hate this shit.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we're in a weird place with that stuff because – I don't want to I don't want to encourage cancel culture because I think right. it's a uh, I think it's a bad move society wise, like societal. I, I don't think we should be doing that. I don't think we should be, you know, trying to take away somebody's you know, ability to earn a living because they said something stupid 27 years ago. Like that shit is I, I, I think it's a bad deal. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about somebody who's, you know, charged with something or, can, you know, Charged is a little different. Convicted is, you know, okay. Right. You know, right. like, or pled down and admitted, whatever. I think, you know, the power is in the people, yeah. right? Like, I, I couldn't believe, you know, when Chris Brackett got busted and, you know, he got busted for, you know, shooting that extra buck and his cameraman turned him in and stuff started to come out. You know, that guy still had a following. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like that that was really kind of a an eye opener for me because i would just assume people would be like well that's i'm done with that guy yeah you know and you know obviously you know i think he's been hit pretty hard yeah. he's not he doesn't seem to be out there the way he was at the time but it's crazy to me that you know you would still get support that way yeah. and you know this, this is the thing that people i i want the audience to understand is like you know they're they're surviving off of somebody's check, yeah. Like you know, like you said, like some some manufacturer somewhere, their marketing team is writing those guys a check, yeah. And you can just vote with your wallet, like you can vote with your wallet that way, and you cannot consume this stuff, yeah. And that will that will probably force a change. Like yeah. maybe it'll maybe these people will clean up their act, or maybe they'll go away. And, you know, like even then, I kind of hate to like say that because of the cancel culture thing. Like, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I really do think that this is a weird space where we have sort of an obligation to present this honestly and try to like keep this thing going, like try to keep hunting thing going. And, you know, the best way to do that is like just to be like the kind of people who should be keeping this thing going. Yeah.
0: I also disagree with cancel culture and certain, like, you know, if I, if I, if I said something a long time ago that wouldn't fly today, yeah, you shouldn't be canceled for that, but you should be canceled if you have a television show that promotes hunting in a certain light, but you are breaking wild game, fish and wild game laws. You should be canceled because of that. That's my opinion. Like if you, if you have a. Uh, like uh, what's the Harvey Weinstein guy, right? You, sh- if you are, if you are essentially raping women and, you know, pressuring them into having sex for anything like that, you should be canceled. You're a piece of shit, right? You should go away, whether you go to jail or you just go, go find a new career path. If you break the law like this, and maybe this is because this is how, this is how passionate I am about wildlife that, if you break these laws and you are a uh, I guess a pillar of that community, you should be canceled. Period. That's that's my that's me. So, yeah. I But I, yeah, whatever.
1: So, we're 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 saying the same thing two different ways. Yeah. So, I mean, it should be it shouldn't have to be a decision to cancel those people. Is yeah. is what like it, it, that should just organically happen when somebody does something like that.
0: Exactly. Like we, exactly. We
1: shouldn't have to rally the troops and be like, listen, fuck this guy. Yeah. Like we should, we should just have, it It should just happen because we value this stuff enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Deep breath. Clear the minds. What? Right. We need to, we probably both need to go work out now. Right. We've probably got the blood boiling a little bit. We need to relieve a little stress. Okay. Um, so I'm going to end on a positive note here. Okay. And so one of the last podcasts that we did, we talked about the movie Top Gun, right? Yep. Are, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the latest Top Gun movie coming out? Are you going to go see it in the theater? No.
1: Hmm. No. Why? But, uh, because I don't, uh. I can't stand Tom Cruise, dude. Um, I also, if I go into a theater, you can bet your ass it's going to be a Moana type movie. I gotcha. I gotcha. Like, like, (laughs) it's not going to be, you know, uh, let me put it this way. I think the last movie that I saw in the theater was Crudes 2. So, okay. The odds of me taking the missus out for a date night and going see the new top gun probably are not that great.
0: Okay. Is, is there a movie out there that if they remade it, you would be like, I'm going to, I want the nostalgia part of it. I want the theater, you know, like the theater experience of it. Uh, What movie would that be?
1: Oh man. Do you know what one of my guilty pleasure movies is from back in that time period? And I I don't know why this is, I, I love the lost boys. Yep. I love it. And maybe something like that, you know, I, there is a movie I really want to see. Have you seen the previews for that new, it's a horror flick by, uh,
0: Peele. Uh, Yeah. Yep. Uh, Key and Peel uh, Peel. uh, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't know what the movie is. It's, uh, oh, Oh, it's it's called,
1: right. Isn't it just called Nope?
0: Yes. Yes. I've seen that. That, that looks pretty freaky.
1: Yeah, I want to see that.
0: Okay, and you, yeah. you're thinking that might be a theater experience for you.
1: Probably not, but who knows? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, who knows? You know, I I don't know. Uh, but if if I were to see a movie in the not too distant future, I've got my fingers crossed that maybe that's it. Okay,
0: all right, but yeah. there's a ninety nine percent chance that it's not going to happen.
1: I would say there's a ninety four and a half percent. Okay. That. All right. I'm going to, I'll give you a little bit more there. So are you stoked for the new top gun? Is that, see, is that what we're getting? See, here?
0: I think I'm just stoked that I'm getting old and that these are little pieces of my youth just hanging on. Right. And, and so if I give up on those little pieces then I'm going to get old and die, <laughs> maybe that's a midlife crisis happening right now.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I get it, man. You know, I, I gotta tell you something about that movie that Mark Kenyon brought up the other day. Cause I actually asked him if he was gonna go see it, and he said, "Man, I looked it up, and he said there's no volleyball scene, so I don't think so."
0: Okay, there's no volleyball scene in Top. Are you sure?
1: No, I'm. I'm making a joke that Mark oh, will only, okay. only go see that movie if there was another volleyball scene. <laughs>
0: So you have a pretty, you have a pretty good working relationship uh, with Mark where you can jab at him and he's not even here to defend himself.
1: Absolutely. Okay,
0: perfect. Perfect. I I do the same too, especially with that mustache he's got right now.
1: Oh my God. I'm like, I'm like, dude, if you could see the notes. (laughs) (laughs) We
0: We love you, Mark. We love you.
1: (laughs) We do these. uh, Every week we drop a how-to video on the Wired to Hunt YouTube channel. And so, in the editing process, we have to review it a couple times and go through. And three quarters of the notes that I put on there are about Mark's mustache. Uh, <laughs> just
0: they, they have nothing to do with work. It's just like,
1: yeah, no, no, no. Trim
0: job. I'm like,
1: and <laughs> I'm like, dude, are you even allowed within 500 feet of a grade school? What's going on
0: here? Oh, love it. Love it. Mr. Tony Peterson. Uh, dude, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and BS with us. Uh, once again, it's going to be hard to title this episode cause we've kind of <laughs> run the gauntlet of just about everything. Uh, so, um, I don't even know it'd be something like, you know, making our wives happy and, you know, dealing with hunting industry. And by that time it's it, too many characters to fit in the box. So I have to just, just call it a BS session
1: yeah yeah this is this is not an easy one to boil down buddy nope 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 i appreciate you man thank you awesome thanks so much
0: huge shout out to tony huge shout out to tethered wasp excalibur hunt stand vortex and exodus go out and support the companies that support this podcast huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day and remember sometimes in life you have a shitty day a shitty week a shitty month even a shitty year man i've gone through my fair share of those but if you maintain these good vibes, man, if you if you open yourself up to receiving good vibes, it will it will help you put good vibes out. And that's what the world needs, man, is just good vibes. So uh that makes me sound like a hippie, but I don't give a shit. Good vibes in, good vibes out. Wear your safety harness, and I'll talk to you next time. It's <laughs>